stereotypes and prejudice. Jesse Owens and Hitler? Philadelphians will say anything. And who was the worst tennis player, Wendy or Robin? All this and more on The Leftscape. Sheridan. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And you're listening to the Leftscape podcast. You can find us online at iTunes and wherever finest podcasts can be found. Uh, you can also find us on our website at leftscape.com. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Leftscape, and we have a Facebook page. Absolutely. Come check mm. us out. Yes. We want to hear from you. Yeah, we want to hear from you. So, uh, the day okay. this goes live uh, is August 1st. Uh, we're recording it at my house today in uh, in July. It's nice to see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love sitting here at the table with everybody and looking at everybody. I always like to be at Shay's Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you hear any quiet snoring in the background, that's my cat Pansy. But uh, Mm -hmm. August is National Water Quality Month. And considering, uh, I wanted to bring that up because Flint is still having issues with their water quality. Um, And nothing gets done? Well, I think stuff is trying to get done. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was it, earlier in July, Elon Musk uh, made some comment that he was going to uh, fix Flint homes that are contaminated above the FDA levels. And uh, I think the first article I read said something about he was going to pay to install whole house water filters in people's, in the, in the homes of people who are still having lead issues. And I'm, I'm guessing that's, I guess, nice, but it doesn't really solve the underlying infrastructure problems. So that still is a big problem. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they've been ripping they up all really the, the pipes yeah, to replace yeah. them all. Um, however, I just found um, a news article from this week, I think, that says that uh, the mayor of Flint, Karen Weaver, and uh, someone from Elon Musk's team are talking about how that money could be spent to improve the water quality of the city in toto and not just individual houses. So that's something to uh, keep an eye on. He's part of that band? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk, is, he's the latest member of toto. <laughs> so. Toto's coming to the State Theater. Oh, I <laughs> This time also is National Raspberry Cream Pie Day. And I have never had a national raspberry cream pie. <laughs> a national cream pie? No, or a raspberry cream pie of any kind. But I have had raspberry tarts. And I just wanted to mention that that, that was going on today in case my husband is listening to this and he likes to bake. Um, raspberry cream pie would be a good thing. 
That sounds like a good one. Uh, August 1st is also National Minority Donor Awareness Day. And it's actually part of National Minor Minority Donor Awareness Week. Um, but the day is specifically dedicated to reminding people of color to uh, consider donating organs, eyes, and tissue. And that mm -hmm. is a in shortage. So that's a scary thought to me, actually. Mm. But I don't know why, because I wouldn't be here to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's good that, yeah, and it's good that people are encouraged to think about it. Yeah, I, I also include uh, blood marrow, I, I mean bone marrow donation. I would imagine they would you'd be able to get information about any of that and you mm -hmm. could find I don't out know. more about uh, organdonor.gov. Is bone marrow one of those things that you can uh, donate? Yeah. Like, like blood? It's not like you need a specific person that they were taking it from? They can store it? No. So, no. Okay, so. But what they do with, because my brother had leukemia and you you get tested for and you're in the registry, registry and, and then when a you match. get a match okay. then you're asked and it's kind of so you're alive yeah. when you're donating it's not well yeah after the fact well it, it's it's a but there is a an operation involved in the whole thing and it's not it, it's pain i've heard it's painful i know somebody mm -hmm. that's had a bone marrow transplant mm -hmm. and um well my sister did it for my brother twice wow she didn't say that it hurt but she did have to go into the hospital for it right mm -hmm. please consider donating <laughs> hey respect for parents day is <laughs> august 2nd so that's the day after this is being uh resolved and I, i'm just wondering why there needs to be a respect for parents day you know? Just remind us, I guess. I don't know. We do have Mother's Day and Father's Day that we oh, love. Oh, them, I, so know we I know why. I know why. Because we're in the middle of summer break. Oh. <laughs> oh, right. And all the kids are home from school driving their parents and absolutely going, insane. Oh, that's <laughs> that's got to be why it's now. Right. And I should think that would be uh, parents take a breath and have patience day. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a mutual effort. Yeah, I'm just, I, then this is, let me just say, I will say stuff like I know what I'm talking about, but I totally pulled that one out of my ass. So. <laughs> well, you have been a parent, though. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's your unique. I have, I have successfully oh. raised a human from a zygote to independence, mm -hmm. hopefully, keeping my, my fingers are crossed about that. Mm -hmm. um, she's now 24, so yeah, she's out of the nest. So, anyway, but. Tomorrow, August 2nd, is National Coloring Book Day, and I want to take this opportunity to mention that uh, I have created a coloring book that can be colored nationally on mm -hmm. National Coloring Book Day or any other day of the week, uh, and you can purchase it from me at wendycards.com. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that book, and I've yeah. it for gifts. And, I, and I appreciate nice. that. I love the drawings in it. Yes. Very cool. Cool. And uh, August 3rd is Grab Some Nuts Day. Yay. So is that take that as you will. <laughs> certain nuts should be handled gently, one would hope. Yeah, don't grab too hard. I know individuals who might disagree. But well, it's a consensual thing. <laughs> That's true, we, yes. We consensually grab some nuts. <laughs> 
so that's what's going on in the in the uh, in the world of of wacky days. Wacky days that we are suddenly keeping track of mm-hmm. for some reason. That well, what about on this day in history? Well, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. Uh, in 1774, on August 1st, Joseph Priestley, the English theologian, chemist, and author, discovers oxygen. I wonder how he did that. I don't know. You just now. I th- <laughs> I think there was something a little more complicated than mm-hmm. that. I, I they were kind of um, the the yeah, late sixteenth century was was when um, the scientific community started to discover other elements besides earth, wind, air, and fire. Water. But seventeen seventy four. That's like earth, late air, fire, and water. I would hope you know the elements. Yeah, I, okay. Hydrogen, helium. Yes, um, those elements. Yeah. Lithium. I lithium. I'm not going to sing the song. No. Okay. It's now in my head, but I'm not going to sing the song. Tom Lehrer song, "The Elements." Yes, that's a great. Song. Done to the yeah, tune of uh, a very very modern major maybe. general. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's all in my head now, um, but anyway, go ahead. There's a, there's more things that happened oh, on this 1834, day. 1834, slavery abolished th- throughout the British Empire. Slavery abolished abolition abolition abolition. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of <laughs> taking a bath. <laughs> the Slavery Ablution Act. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Thirty-three comes into effect. How did it come into effect a year before? No, it it they passed it in eighteen thirty-three, and by eighteen thirty-four, oh. it was abolished. It took a oh, year. Okay. It took okay. a year to propagate. So we had the dates kind of flipped around a bit, I guess. Now I guess that meant that's when they stopped shipping them over to the to the colonies. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's kind of cool that that was that that happened before our uh, our uh, civil war. Yeah. Well, well it 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 probably wasn't affecting their economy to the degree that it was in the United States. I mean, I, I kind of remember Jefferson wanting to abolish slavery in yeah. the you know when they were writing the Declaration of Independence, and he had to give that up in order to get the Southern states to sign it. Mm. So at least that's uh, from the musical, 1776. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. so I learned my American history through musicals. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but this is also the anniversary of the nineteen, th- the opening of the nineteen thirty six Olympic Games in Berlin. So that's when Hitler did that, and that's the games that Jesse Owens proved that uh, the Germans were not the master race. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a day that I always smile when I think about that. I love watching footage of that. It's kind of. Mm-hmm. I, I also <laughs> like looking at Hitler's face when Owens like won all of those medals. Right. I, wonder, I wonder if Jesse Owens was worried. You know, it, did anybody ever make a movie about that? Because that would be. They've very, made I'm several sure. movies yeah. about that. Because I was wondering if he was worried about what's going to happen to him. 
you know. Well, didn't it's dangerous. Wasn't there some violence happening to him during the games? They had sharpshooters or the, something. There absolutely were slurs and intimidation. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I'm trying to remember because I watched one of the, like the more recent movie that came out a few years ago, um, and I'll probably I'm probably conflating it with like a bunch of other movies where people get beat up in like alleys and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know. What was uh, the movie called? I don't remember now. Um, well, I'll have to look it up. You have to look it up. Mm. Ooh, 1958, U.S. atomic submarine USS Nautilus begins first transit of North Pole. Operation Sunshine. I like that name. Yeah. So they, uh, I guess they went under the ice, the North Pole, um, and I have a, a friend and former co-worker who was a submariner who spent time, I think, under the polar ice cap. Really? But he can't, but he can't talk about it. So uh, <laughs> he has a lot of stuff he can't talk about, but he hints at it's, it's fun. Um, so that means that the North Pole itself is water. I mean, where the pole is. It's, it's under, it's there's, no under there's, there's no land under there. There's no land. It's just an ice cap so for now. Santa. Do his thing on top of the ice. Oh, okay. It's supposed to. It doesn't. It doesn't completely melt. Oh, okay. If Let's it did, hope it doesn't. If it did completely melt, we would, we would be, be underwater trouble. right yeah. now. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure Santa is safe. <laughs> It's August now, and I'm getting ready to go back to school and start teaching. I teach in uh, communications at a um, college, college level, usually freshmen. And I always have fun with my first day of class with doing particular exercise with my students where I make them pair up. They don't know each other. They're new to the school, and I have them pair up with people that they don't know. and. I make them sit there and face each other and just observe each other without talking. It's a, it's really wild how how uncomfortable this makes. Wait, wait, the wait. Kids. The the pair has to sit and look at each other yes. and neither of them are talking. Neither of them are talking. They're just observing. They're just them observing and yes. not doing anything. Right. That's okay. I can see the how that makes people yes. uncomfortable. Yeah, well, I, I have to, and in my directions for the exercise, it says, wait until they're really uncomfortable, and, <laughs> and, um, and you start hearing giggling, and then I tell them to write some notes. What do you observe about this person? You, um, do they look like somebody you'd want to hang out with? And make sure you look at them from head to toe, observing. And uh, then, after they're really uncomfortable, I let them talk. And I hope none of my students are listening to this podcast because it ruins the <laughs> surprise. But, uh, I don't know. Just torturing students seems to be a fun thing to do. <laughs> then I let them talk where they exchange uh, a discussion about their favorite movie or the TV show or something like that. And then I tell them to write down their observations again and, and have your observations change since now you heard the person talk. And what, what do you think about this person? And then after they've done that, I make them take a quiz about each other, where I ask them 10 questions, including like, what, 
what is your name, what is your partner's name, and, and also these are things that they can't really answer, and I just say you just have to guess, you know, what is your partner's name, what's the, your partner's major, does your partner own a car, if so, what kind of car is it, does your partner uh, participate in sports, does your partner smoke marijuana, what kind of, if your partner just had money for one record album, what kind of music would they buy, things like that, it usually makes them laugh. Um, but then, then I make them stop and discuss and try to look at why did you answer the way you answered? What was it about looking and talking to this person made you answer that way? And it, it really becomes a, a discussion of in, information that's always coming to us and, and you filter it out through your own life experience. and. Eventually, though, the discussion gets down to um, stereotyping each other, you know, just because somebody's wearing a hat that you knew somebody else liked that, uh, wore a hat like that, and they liked a particular sport that maybe this person does too. So it's jumping to conclusions based on your life experience. So, but it becomes... I think it becomes stereotyping and where we we try to think about what is the line that gets crossed. Well, it's a lot of it's prejudging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have you're not listening to them, they're not saying anything and I'm I'm like as you were talking, I'm looking at the sh- we're all wearing shirts with that writing say something on, on it. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got on my uh, my glorious Lepscape tank top which you can also purchase from our website. <laughs> and um <laughs> Just a little plug there. Yeah, why not? And, and I have a t-shirt that says Australian Art. Kangaroo yeah. Trail. And you mm-hmm. have a conjunction, conjunction. Junction. What's, What's your function shirt on? <laughs> so, you know, we could, uh, we could make some, some so judgments about, about who we are. Yeah, yeah why we wear that. these yeah. t-shirts. Right, right. That's interesting. I, I, I like that exercise. I've, I've been in a lot of workshops where people do those kinds of things, like mm-hmm. as icebreakers, or mm-hmm. like eye gazing, and mm-hmm. to sort of intentionally create um, connection and uh-huh. closeness, you know, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different than the way you're you're yeah. using it. But well, it isn't there a thing about if you're staring at somebody for more, there's a time threshold that, that it's like, this is how you, to fort, it's like how you can make somebody fall in love with you. I think that was on or an episode like of Big Bang. <laughs> no, no, but there was, there was, there's we been a study about that. <laughs> that before the Big Bang, well, before the Big Bang TV show, before <laughs> the actual Big Bang. Um, no, but there was some, I read that, I read it before I watched it. Uh-huh. It's some length of time, and I think it's like three minutes. It's like, it's definitely beyond the awkward feeling, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that it, it makes you have some kind of emotional bond with the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would believe bonding. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I would believe actual falling in love. No, there was, there was, uh, there, was there yeah. were more things Besides that, sure. at least on Big Bang, they were okay yeah. that they had to do. Oh, that yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. actually, they I think they went through that whole. That was. Part I think it was, of, was based on the same thing. It was based read. on that study. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I'm curious, Mary. Um, when people do this exercise, do they do you notice that they fall on like obvious stereotypes, or are they actually using their own observation to discern things that wind up feeling being accurate? Or how does that? Yeah. 
does that work? You know what? I give them the privacy to, I, I always tell them, I'm not going to look at your answers. Oh. <laughs> because I, cause that question about do they smoke marijuana, they always get, oh, I don't want to say that. But oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I just said, don't worry, I'm not looking at your answers. You know, this is just for you. So, okay. so I don't really know. And I've been teaching this for 20 years. You know, uh, you could have done a whole other study. Yeah. With like gotten a grant for a whole other study mm-hmm. about prejudice just from this exercise. That's true. Had you been collecting the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that must give some feedback or discussion about how they, mm-hmm. how they Well, feel yeah, about I do I do say I do start to ask them about, you know, what how how did you come to the conclusion that you came to when I, when I first just made you um, just look at this person, at what things, and they would say, oh, well, she's wearing jewelry, she has an earring in her in her eyebrow, so I, I think she's kind of cool, or something, something like that's based on their own experience. So you don't, you don't like find out if people, you don't like do an, uh, uh, like how many people were correct and how many people No, were... no, but what I do do is, because this is this is the first day of class, you don't want to scare them too much. What I do do is have them, if they want to, share their test with the per the other person, oh. so that then they can look and see how they are perceived. Because mm-hmm. okay. what this really has to do with is that we're communicating whether we're talking or not. We're always communicating, and that uh, what you decide to wear that day. Uh, tells us something about your mood and not just you as a person but also how you're feeling that day if you have comfortable clothes or if you're all dressed up if you're wearing makeup or you're not wearing makeup um, and so that's about that but how how this branches into stereotyping has to do I think although I'm not an expert really on it at all but it has to do with making assumptions not necessarily based on your own life experience, but based on something that you were taught. Hmm. Does that make sense? Well, your life experience includes the things you, you watch on TV yeah. and the things you read. Mm-hmm. So when the only experience of, I mean, I'm going I'm to speak of this from my, my life, uh, that for example, when I was in uh, in Jewish school, which was like the Sunday school program, it wasn't really Hebrew school per se, but we were we got confirmed. So we the, the student rabbi who was teaching this would you know we'd learn about you know what it is to be Jewish. We'd watch Night and Fog, which was always so much fun. Uh, Night and Fog, for those of you that don't know, is a black and white film done in the late 40s about the Holocaust. Mm. So it has a lot of footage of bulldozers and oh, piles oh. of bodies oh. and lovely, mm. lovely, lovely thing. Mm. Um, and I, I, uh, I suggest to all of you Holocaust deniers, go look that film up and watch it. I'm sure it's on YouTube um, or somewhere online. Anyway... So the student rabbi was talking about uh, being in Arizona and he had people coming up to him and touching his head looking for his horns. 
because that was a stereotype about Jews. Yeah. Uh, and that's why you'll see certain statues of Moses sitting there and he's actually got horns. And I remember, I think my mom trying to explain this to me. And I think, why is, what, what are these horns doing on this man's head? And she's, oh, those are the rays of enlightenment from God or, you know, something oh. like that. Oh, wow. But no, it's Jews have horns. And if you've never encountered somebody you know you're only going to go by what you've heard from people or what well, you've yeah, seen that's what you've read. been taught yeah know, as mm-hmm. opposed to your own personal experience yeah. wow that's a that's a shocking one to me yeah but i know yeah. that that i'm sure that wasn't yeah and, and it was you know and this wasn't like the dark ages it was the 1970s i know that sounds like the dark ages to a lot of people uh and in some ways i guess it was because they're there was no internet. There wasn't even call waiting on your mm-hmm. phone. Well, you know, too, <laughs> though, this... The decade of the smiley face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot more than that. Yeah, and maybe I'm going off on a, a tangent here, too, but or a, a different turn, but it kind of, I think, feeds into the, the difference that we see in our country about attitudes of people in living in cities and and being exposed in their neighborhood to lots of different ethnicities and cultures and people living in the country and just being exposed or having less exposure and less personal experience of different types of people that that ends up changing the mindset of of people you know that's that's to me, well, that's an explanation. It's, you know, that's interesting, though. I mean, I think that goes in a couple of different directions because I think people who are more urban, like us coastal elites, <laughs> um, right? There's no cities in the middle of the country. That's, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, there, yeah. There, are, there are assumptions made about people who are not in urban areas that are not necessarily accurate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I've, I've, I don't know. I mean, I've traveled, I've driven cross country and, and traveled a lot with music and things like that. And I've, I find interesting, beautiful places everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And um, people evolve, you know, I've, 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 I've run into some scary things in the South and some awesome things in the South. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, every, whatever, you know, it's kind of a, it runs the gamut. But I do think that, yeah, we do sort of all have, ideas about what what a city person is versus a country person mm-hmm. or whatever and kind of get those things in our heads um and that it can't explain i mean it can explain how you begin to arrive at some of your thoughts you know and i think mm-hmm. it's interesting when people break stereotypes or adhere to them i think mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that i do that make me appear in a way that i think of myself like I've, I've actually, I have an experience of someone um, coming up to me and like literally telling me all of my opinions and who I voted for and I can't remember what else, but based on what I was wearing that day. Oh, okay. <laughs> were they accurate? Oh, yeah, they were right. They were absolutely right. <laughs> what were you wearing? Something saying, I voted for this guy. <laughs> well, I was, wearing a, I was wearing a rock t-shirt and I, I looked like a, I don't know, okay. progressive Rock and roll hippie type or something like okay. that. Okay, but but literally told me every uh, every bit of my 
politics, and it was very, it was really interesting. Wow. It was kind of like, well, you know, I mean, in one hand, people aren't what people think of them, but another, on the other hand, I think sometimes we try to take on what we believe someone like us should be should appear okay. to be or look yeah. like, so we kind of can adopt those things. Well, I, well, isn't it also just a matter of your self-expression that you, in your appearance, you're expressing yourself? By how, oh, yeah, you no, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. I think when I feel, for example, if I feel um, particularly masculine mm-hmm. in the day and mm-hmm. I dress a certain way, it also projects, it, it projects my idea of what a female bodied masculine presenting person looks like. And then someone <laughs> oh. can, can look at me and say, oh, well, there goes. They might be wrong, but they think there goes a dyke, or there goes a gender <laughs> non-conforming person. There goes Steve. Yeah, exactly. There goes Steve. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, that's a nice name. <laughs> I prefer Andrew, but oh, okay, you know. But um, so it's yeah, it's it's interesting. But I, what about the ones that are really hurt? You know, there are there are stereotypes that really mm, hurt too. Yeah, and I don't know what you've. Has have either of you experienced things of like course. that in real time? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a, I, I call myself, I'm a, I'm a provisionally white person, <laughs> and uh, you know, and it, and that's, and it's, it's easy, you know, I, it's, it, a lot of times, you, it's not necessarily uh, a stereotype or a prejudice that was immediately directed at me, although that's happened too. Um, but the fact that you know Jews can pass as uh, the default white mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. Um, you can be in situations where people will express their racism <laughs> against Jews because they don't realize you're one of those people, mm-hmm. and you know you're what you know you're just sitting there letting them dig this hole deeper and deeper and deeper and then at some point you go well you know I'm Jewish mm-hmm. and it's not like I'm a practicing Jew anymore I haven't been in, in a long time because I I'm pagan and I identify as Wiccan but uh, you know genetically I'm Jewish so and and that's the culture I was raised in so it's yeah you see them and and there's been uh, there's been more of it happening since the election and uh or at least it's been out in the open Mm. when when that happens to you and you say well actually i am jewish do they try to backtrack or what do do people generally yeah uh it's that or or i get um like like oh i didn't you get the oh i didn't know or uh Yes, usually it's backtracking or, or that... Or they try to justify themselves. Or they, they say that uh, I didn't realize that, you know, Jews were human. Ooh. They didn't, not in those words. Hmm. I mean, there's this one particular person I'm remembering um, who had a swastika tattoo on his forearm. And, uh, well, and I said, I said, I'm Jewish. I really find that offensive. Hmm. And, you know... And at that point, he basically, it was basically his attitude changed because he had never met a Jew before that he wanted to fuck. Oh, wow. 
And I'm, oh. he didn't say that to me, but that was plain. But later on, um, he was a, also a tree guy. You know, he would climb up and tree, you know, tree, I don't even know what the hell they call them. Um, you know, the person that takes trees down. Mm-hmm. And the next time I saw him after this incident, that particular arm was in one of those body casts where it's up in the air and supported on the on the chest oh. because he had fallen. Mm-hmm. And a, bra- a broken branch of a tree went right through that tattoo. Wow. That's symbolic. And that's it, good magic. Every, yeah, that's everybody that's said, well, what did you do, Wendy? What mm-hmm. spilled it? It's like, no, I didn't do anything. And then... And then uh, and then someone else said, "Well, you know what you've done is you've you've made him realize that this tattoo is is something that he can't live with anymore, and mm. he subconsciously <laughs> did that. He so, made himself fall through the tree. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, it was that was a kind of a bizarre thing <laughs> that yeah. that, that happened. So, mm. I uh, I wound up hearing a lot of stereotypes, and and I think I take them very personally a lot of the times about things that black people aren't supposed to do or care about or like okay can you list some of those well sure or give an example okay (laughs) camping okay sushi uh swimming um black people don't like sushi that's a well. I I am I, I can't. I, there was, well, so there was a humorous. There was a humorous website that was um, <laughs> things white people like or something like that. I can't remember okay. the name of it. And sushi was one of them. But I was kind of like I, I was reading it. I'm going. I like a lot of these things. <laughs> and I was feeling very insecure. <laughs> but it's actually takes a kind of emotional toll when you walk through the world and there are a lot of things about me that I feel as though people are looking at saying, well, you're not right because you like these things or you listen to this music or you're open to this. There's a lot of, there's a lot, it's, it's very painful. It's actually Mm. one of the most painful things that I've been through in my life. And it's less, how do I explain it? It's less of a daily challenge. I think when I was in school and you, I, you're kind of in a fishbowl mm-hmm. and people are looking at you and making assumptions or things like that. But I, even today though, I mean, I have friends who post things that are often um, critical of, attempting to be critical of white culture. Mm-hmm. And there are times when that's, I think, very deserved in terms of the overarching culture that we need to examine but sometimes it's just joke making uh-huh. which I can I can appreciate why that happens but sometimes I feel like they're talking about oh well this is a white thing and I'm like well that is something I, I like exotic flavors that I find at Whole Foods sometimes <laughs> <laughs> or whatever and it's weird when it's a friend who's saying that and I kind of I, I want to be in on the joke but I'm not really in on the joke because mm-hmm. I'm different than the stereotype they're assuming about people. Hmm. It's a complicated thing, you know, but it's been a challenge to embrace things that people think about as my whiteness and also embrace things (sighs) that are (laughs) my blackness that I think maybe I didn't feel like I had the right to before because I was so 
being told this other message that you're wow. not black enough, you're not, you don't do these Ooh. things in the right way. You mm. know? So I have a lot of emotional challenge around these things. And, uh, it's funny though. I mean, I think about the, I, but you think about stereotypes and there's also, like, as I said, the times when people do sort of take on bits of what they're told they're supposed to be or whatever it is. Cause like, I remember one time I went to the pool at the gym and another black woman came up to me and she said it's really nice to see another sister at the pool <laughs> and I, I literally didn't I'm like what and I was like oh I get it <laughs> it was very funny and then I thought about it and I realized actually my mother really didn't swim but my dad taught me how to swim oh wow so I'm kind of like that's weird that that not that there's well considering considering the shit that one black women right. got trying to go to the community pool exactly. you kind of it's like wait you people are swimming what are you it's right there's that's, a lot of there's a I lot think, of reasons why. i think that's the underlying reason where that stereotype came from because i bet you you know by that you're welcome by that you you're mean, there's no there. reason for people not to swim right. other so, than not being near water. so by right. by that you mean the the experience in the 50s and all when we had municipal pools and they wouldn't let, let black people in yeah well yeah, there's that i'm also speaking so, about the the permit pete or whatever the hell he was yeah, calling yeah. the cops on that but but by extension though did that mean that a lot of black people didn't learn to swim is that Probably, I think yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah, but at any rate, in this case, it was just a weird thing where that actually that stereotype kind of fit my life, but it was like one of the things I don't think about it day to day. Most of these things until you're kind of confronted by someone saying this or assuming it or whatever. But yeah. that's a that's a weird one. Hmm. But and I sometimes hear this is the other the flip side of these things are like the stereotypes that are supposed to be positive mm-hmm. but are it's kind of a backhanded compliment mm-hmm. when you're saying something good about someone but you're still making assumptions about who they are mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah i had a very well I'm, am i talking too much no no, 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 no. Hear i have another yeah. story that came to no, my do mind it, do it. one stereotype i have is that people in philadelphia will say anything they just don't. I I I don't know that Philadelphians have filters on their mouths sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I walk around town and you just hear weird things. Okay. You know? I I don't maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think about my Philadelphia experience. I spent almost ten years down there. So uh, I, although there was there was the the uh, the black gentleman who yelled at me from across the street right after I moved into the dorm that you don't dress like that in this neighborhood. (laughs) I was wearing very short shorts. Oh, okay. He was trying to give you advice. (laughs) I I understand that, but it was just, you know, random. I was walking to the hardware store to get something for my dorm room, and I got yelled at because I was dressed very provocatively, and apparently... It wasn't a good idea. I, I think that anything you wear, you will be dressed provocatively. <sighs> Possibly. <laughs> Not funny. so much now. <laughs> but, but in Philly, I, uh, <laughs> this guy, I, I, I ran into this guy. I'm just minding my own business, like catching Pokemon or whatever. <laughs> and this guy came up to me and started telling me 
about how he used to be homeless, but then the the Chinese people like really <laughs> t- were really good to him, and they gave him a job and this and that, and and he was selling all that. He was saying all these good stereotypes. He said the Chinese, well, you know, they're <laughs> if you're if, if you're good to them, they're good to you back, and all, it was just really it was interesting, you know. And I was like, okay, and he, like, he just me picked the, you out of the crowd to talk to, him. just talking to you randomly. Yes, okay. yes, this is what happens to me when I walk around Philly. started asking me questions like how old am I and whatever kind of he wasn't really hitting on me but he was going in that direction somewhat <laughs> and then he said uh, well where are you from are you from are you from uh, Africa are you from the, <laughs> or the islands or are you or are you just a nigga <laughs> and I was like um I'm from New Jersey he's like you're just a nigga <laughs> and I was like um okay it was just it was just a very weird conversation because he was saying everything he was saying was a stereotype of some kind. Yeah. Positive, negative, or just in a way to him, I think that assessment was just kind of sort of indifferent. It was like, okay. well, if you're from somewhere else, you're exotic. You're not as exotic as he thought you mm-hmm. might have been yeah, at the just, beginning of the I'm conversation. Just variety person. Mm-hmm. Oh my and goodness. And that's that's how he described it. But it was, you know, it's interesting. And I, I try to I try to learn about stereotyping and choose, I try to choose to not be as hurt by some of it that I've been and to notice my own fears and assumptions that I make about other people too, because I'm sure I have, I do have them mm. for sure. I mean, I feel them and, uh, you well, know, try I to make it. Assumptions and, and prejudging people when you meet them is it's part of the human experience because we have to quickly i guess you know like you're walking down the street it's it's a a survival and a genetic from from like the 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 pleistocene from when before we were officially homo sapiens you know we had to look at a person or an animal or a thing and saying, is this going to kill us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the stereotypes of narcissists and stay that away from them. So mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a shining example in the White House for you to, for you to, to, to yeah, have. But he's, he's, it's, it's the covert he's, ones that I need to prepare yeah, for. But, yeah. But, yeah. He's too obvious. So, I mean, that's easy to pick out. Yeah. But, it's the sneaky ones that are difficult. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think you're right, Wendy. I think that there's a reason that we have this built into us, and it's it's about discerning when it's helpful and when it's really just not useful yeah. anymore. When it's yeah, I helpful. try to to not be ruled by my lizard brain. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is Mary McGinley, and I just wanted to tell you all that I really love that you're listening to this podcast, and I hope you listen to it more and give us some reviews on iTunes and wherever you listen to it. And watch for my website, which is going to be renovated this week. Adding my blog that used to be in another place and hard to find, I'm going to get it all together. So that website is marymcginley.com. And I am Robin Renee, 
You can find me at robinrenee.com. I have a show coming up at the Root Studio Open Mic that is in Columbia, Maryland, and that's coming up on Friday, August 10th. I'll be the featured performer. And if you are interested in performing as well, it's a really fun space of acoustic music and spoken word and all kinds of people come out. So come out and hear my music, come out and perform something on your own, and it's a fun night. The Leftscape is sponsored by Harlequin and Other Fantasies, a meditative coloring book for grown-ups. Over 30 original illustrations to color, printed on 80-pound cover stock paper to avoid bleed-through with alcohol-based markers like Sharpies, spiral-bound to lay flat when open, printed on one side so you can frame your masterpiece without sacrificing another drawing. Subjects include animals, people, mandalas, steampunk, Celtic knotwork, and so much more. Use Leftscape at checkout to get free shipping. See the Leftscape website for details. Purchase Harlequin and other fantasies from wendycards.com. Okay, so I just decided that instead of the person of the week, I wanted to, or the person of the day, I wanted to have people of the week. I came across an article that was a lot of fun. It was in the Lily. Uh, um, I'm not familiar with that, but somehow it popped up on my thing. And it is about a group of women called the Subversive Sirens. And in this article, they talk about that the subversive sirens are actually um, synchronized swimmers. And they are taking part in the Gay Games, which is going to be in Paris uh, this month of August. August 4th through the 12th, I believe. Yes, 4th through the 12th. And they are a very interesting group of women, uh, dedicated. And it's kind of fun to see this article, if you can find online about them. It says, uh, let's see, they're just splash-friendly, synchronized swimming style. And it's a group of women who are, they break all the molds. Yeah, they're breaking the stereotypes of what a synchronized Mm -hmm. swimmer in a competitive sport would look like. Yeah, it's mostly queer and mostly women of color. And And all, all shapes and body sizes. Yes. I, I was looking at the pictures on your uh, on your laptop, and they're uh, they are definitely not thin people. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they are not like the uh, roommate that I had in college. In the second year of college, she was a synchronized swimmer, and she was kind of she kind of had a pull up her ass. So <laughs> <laughs> these women look much more relaxed. Well, that's a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, <laughs> so you were, uh, you actually, did you go to the gay games? Did you view them? Or? I did not. Oh. I, I was a big chicken. But oh. I, when they were in New York, I believe, and I can't recall what year that was, actually. But I thought, you know, they are really welcoming to people of uh, varying talent. Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. at least to start out in it, and I was like, I maybe would want to try out for tennis. It was something that I thought about. Um, I am no great sports person, honestly, but I have a great enthusiasm for tennis, actually. 
probably breaking a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, um, oh yeah, because <laughs> Serena Williams didn't inspire anybody oh, else and, to get into exactly. tennis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, um, but no, it would have been. It, it was something I thought would have been really cool, and I I didn't do it. it you know, even even if I were terrible at it, maybe it would have been a fun thing. But no, I'm I'm good. terrible at it, so I'm telling you, it's not fun. To play tennis and be terrible at it. Uh, my grandparents. Oh, I, I is play. fun for me to play and be terrible, but not, uh, I guess it depends on how terrible. Olympic stage. Oh, mm-hmm. I am I am te- I am terrible on a whole other level of terrible. Mm. Uh, my my grandparents played, and uh, my aunt and her husband, my aunt and uncle play, and my cousins play. It's like, I guess my side of the family did not, through my mom, did not get any sports genes. We got them from my dad, and that has to do with, like, baseball. But uh, but the last time I remember playing tennis, it was, I it had to be in high school. And I remember we were at the college up the road from my house because they had tennis courts. And I'm there with my girlfriend, Patricia. Hi, Patricia, if you're listening. Um, and... All I remember is there were three tennis courts. We were in the middle court, and every time I would try to return a serve, it would end up in either the court to the to the left of me or the court to the right of me. So the people playing in those courts were getting really pissed off. And then eventually, I think the last thing I did is I ended up hitting the ball, and it went over the fence and they were doing construction and then a bulldozer put dirt on top of the ball. Oh. And that was kind of the end of the that, like, tennis. Yeah, that was very symbolic. Yes. That was sending you a message. Oh my God. I don't know. I think our, our, our first fundraiser should be the left scape open. I'll challenge you in center court. I'll watch You're going to have to do a lot that. of running to get to return the, the ball. ball. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to be the ball girl. <laughs> extra, extra wide tennis. Okay. <laughs> You've been listening to the Leftscape podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday. 